Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald, joining us from vacation. Susan, how's it going? Yeah, it's going It's going well. It's going great. It's beautiful in the uh, parts unknown in the, in the Pacific Northwest, um, but I, I did see this morning it wasn't so good in Miami. So I am thinking yeah. of all people. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, you know, lots of thoughts going out to uh, the terrible, uh, I don't even know what you call it, accident, I guess, terrible, uh, terrible circumstance ha- in, um, yeah. in Miami Beach this morning. So um, Surfside, yep. Yeah, Surfside. Um, so yeah, the, obviously developing story, so we're not going to get too much into it. Um, no. A big, relatively big week for college football, which is, um, you know, most of June, we've kind of had stuff to talk about between recruiting and, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the playoff last week. We got a little bit of that to get to, uh, but the big story this week is um, the NCAA's name, image, and likeness developments. Um, It's obviously been kind of sitting out there, right? Like we knew something was coming, kind of feels like, um, yeah, I, I don't think any of the, the Supreme Court rulings were altogether that surprising, um, considering some of the, the previous hearings and how poorly they've gone for the NCAA. Um, right. But like, we're all of a sudden we're here, right? Like, like we knew this was sitting out there and all of a sudden it's here. And um, obviously Miami is not alone in that they clearly have been preparing for this, um, but yeah, that's why you had to be preparing because, like, it's here and and it's I, I don't know, if, like I like I said, we knew it was coming, but like it's kind of crazy that we're like basically in a world now where like all this stuff that has been like the number like the the cardinal sin of college athletics for forever, like literally for the entire history of college athletics, all of a sudden like that's just basically okay. So a lot of that stuff now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, for, for, for Florida, the state of Florida, obviously, including University of Miami, everything, uh, you know, everything gets set on and it's go time on, on July 1st, um, you know, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, New Mexico, and, and uh, Texas. Um, will, you know, will take effect, I believe, July 1st or around there. And, um, you know, it's, it is, it is kind of going to be a little free for all to say, to say the least, because now we've got, you know, uh, the Supreme Court a, a week ago, Monday, you know, ruling that the NCAA cannot limit payments to student athletes that are education related. We're not talking about mm-hmm. quote, unquote pay for play, as they say. NCAA is terrified of that and I don't and most of this now is it's not even the Supreme Court said that we're not talking about actually paying athletes just to play the game but in essence athletes now can be like other students on campus um, like you know band members and uh, anything any student who can make money however they want to right Um, you know, uh, now, now athletes also will be able to make money uh, with autographs and with social media, being influencers, 
representing uh, marketing, you know, marketing opportunities. Um, there are there are rules, you know, each state. It, it is going to be absolutely insanity, I believe. I think it's great. I, I it's a long time coming, but it will be insanity as far as uh, you know. There's a lot of states that their laws. Every state has a different law, has their own variation of a law, which is why Congress is is also now trying to, or you know, get in the act of of making some overriding national law, but that hasn't happened. So um, for now, states like Florida are, this is a game changer, right, David? I mean, this is yeah. Florida, Miami. I mean, Derek King, is, you know, he's all ready to roll. He's all ready. I mean, I, you saw the University, uh, University of Miami ads. I think I mentioned this maybe last week with him sitting on a throne. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you think Miami, they probably already got their photo shoots done. They're ready July 1st. We're going to see like Derek King for a Titanic brewery or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the only thing right now that you can't, you know, you can't, I don't think you can show the U logo right. next name or anything like that, but he, he's to be a social influencer in a, in a, with great marketing ops in, South Florida, I mean, it's going to be crazy. And it really does give Miami a recruiting advantage, even though, again, you're not supposed to use this for recruiting purposes. Let's face it, guys. It's, it's, it's going to be with the agents and because these, these athletes who are signing deals are signing deals and, you know, they have to be with, they're signing deals with agents, marketing agents, whatever. Um, The regular, it's going to, they're going to overlap the yeah. agents that eventually represent the athletes. Um, now, you know, recruits are going to be looking at where they can go and there's, there's going to be some, a lot of shady stuff going on. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of different directions we can go here. One is I, I do wonder if the Miami, like how much this benefits Miami is, is getting a little overblown, obviously like being in Miami, a lot of like, business opportunities and all that stuff is important, but like every school that Miami is competing with for recruits, usually like, you know, they're all gonna have just as, you know, just cause Tuscaloosa, Alabama is nowhere near the same size of town that Miami is like the amount of, there's a reason that Alabama generates a lot more revenue than the university of Miami does because it's insanely popular and all their athletes are insanely popular. Like, right. I think my Miami is in a, a good, that's, Miami's not in a, a bad spot, right? They're, they're in a spot where they can still compete with all these schools they're, they're recruiting with just because of the market. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there will be definitely be some guys who commit to Miami because they, they see like the business aspect, but there will also be some guys who go to Alabama because they, I mean, could you imagine like what, um, I don't know, like Devonte Smith, like would have like, or like, yeah, but Alabama. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or even, or yeah. Johnny Manziel, like how much money Johnny Manziel would have made in like Podunk College Station, Texas, as like, if the NIL was still around, like it's got, it's good. I think Miami's, it's obviously going to help. It's because it's going to help everyone who's got like that kind of infrastructure in place. And, and Miami is, like I said, they're not alone in that they have like kind of made this part of their athletic department is like, we're going to get you prepared to take advantage of this. 
Um, but Miami was pretty, pretty out front on that, I think. And obviously they're benefited from Florida. And then, like you said, Miami, it's going to help them when they compete with schools in other states that, that don't have these laws. But it does feel like these laws are, are going to have to exist in every state, basically. And, and they will. And, the, and, the, and the, the, I, I would never compare Miami to Alabama. No, I know, I know, I know. Marketing. I, I know you 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 said that too, basically. Um, but you know, Johnny Manziel. I mean, uh, you know, I think I think we know how impressionable the young athletes are, the really young ones in high school. Mm-hmm. And I I do believe that Miami is a very sexy place to come. And I, yeah, I don't definitely. think I, I don't think athletes you know, some five-star athlete is going to make the decision based on that. But I think there are a heck of a lot of athletes that are going to, are going to be enticed by that. If there's options that are, you know, they're kind of equal. I, I think yeah. might really play that up to their advantage. I think, uh, you know, the NCAA now is in a, a very strange spot um, because you know, now they're, they're, they're pushing through now. Uh, I think they're having today, uh, Thursday today, um, a meeting with the board of, uh, board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross Dellinger reported uh, last night on uh, sportsillustrated.com that um, they're going to meet today and they're going to discuss uh you know, doing something that kind of doesn't some kind of emergency legislation that does it. That's not, there are no real rules per se, but saying that uh, kind of like <laughs> the rest of the States that don't have, you know, the rest of the States other than Miami, Florida and the other States and several 20 something or 30 something on the books now, like formulating, you know, having maybe later dates that they're going right. to come to fruition. Um, so the NCAA is discussing putting out some blanket statement that says, uh, kind of scrapping their, what they have now that you can't make any money because can you imagine it's going to be crazy. All these NCAA rules are about to be broken. So the NCAA will say something like, uh, for now, it's fine. Every state just does, you know, just do what you want. Um, uh, you know, we're not we're not saying anything's legal or illegal. Just do it based on based on your, you know, on your state, right. and they'll formulate something else. But um, it's it's um, there could be a lot of lawsuits, and um, the NCA doesn't want to get embroiled in that. They know they're it's a losing proposition for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's kind of the thing, it's a situation where the NCAA in a lot of ways has brought this on itself, right? Like, yep. it reminds me of with the Washington football team thing where, like, we're going to be going into year two where the, the Washington football team is going to be called the Washington football team because they were in such denial that they were ever going to have to change that name. <laughs> that, like, they just totally didn't prepare. And, like, finally, like, they changed the name and, like, there was no preparation done. Like a more competent organization would have like had a name, basically a backup plan ready to go. And then some in the same spot, they've been in such denial about the name image and likeness thing. I mean, they took it all the way to the Supreme court to try to fight it basically. Um, that right. we're 
coming up on it and they didn't they have no plan it's crazy their plan is basically just uh whatever you guys want to do and then inevitably like you said it's going to lead to uh, a lot of lawsuits and uh you know there's a lot of cheating obviously in college sports already but can you imagine like some of the like the it's it became that much easier to do like under the table types of deals and, and stuff like oh, that. Um, definitely. And you know, that's, I think the NCAA is kind of rightly always like worried about that, but like you're the guys in charge. You're supposed to have like rules in place and, and regulations that once we got to this name, image and likeness place that these schools would be under some sort of rules. You can't, it's it's going to be the, it's going to be the wild west. And ultimately it's good because these athletes have like, obviously been exploited for a long time but like the the fact the incident doesn't have any sort of like regulations in place is just insane and 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 you know what compliance i talked to someone who told me uh that you know compliance was you know freaking out all over the country yeah uh, understaffed of course they're understaffed they're overwhelmed uh their budgets have been slashed um, after COVID, um, and you know, how is this going to be policed? You know, agents are super upset now because when they sign these guys, they get like marketing guarantees, and um, I, you know, so there, there's going to be all new players in the. I don't mean athletic players, all new yeah. people that are involved in this situation, um, and. You know they don't want it, they don't want these things to, to induce inducements for recruiting. I don't know. It's just um, it's just gonna it's it's gonna be a little bit insane. I think yeah, really- it's, it's all the NCAA's fault because they're asking Congress to make rules to govern their sport. Right? There's nothing illegal about giving someone a gift of a certain amount of money. Right? Like if the owner of whatever uh, some big car dealership in Miami wanted to give Derek King a $15,000 check as a gift for whatever. There's no law against that. You know, it has to be taxed and all that kind of stuff, but like there's no law to just give someone money, no law against just giving someone money, but there is an NCAA rule against that. And the NCAA just like has totally abdicated the responsibility of, of trying to make these rules. And is basically saying, Hey, Congress, can you figure out rules for our sport? Um, but so again, it's gonna like it's ultimately who cares in a lot Listen, of ways because there's already a lot of cheating, but like well, but they're gonna open, be taught- just open up another avenue and, and without like there's another hole in the ship and you like are just totally ignoring it. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, it's just gonna get. I don't see how people aren't gonna be they they for years boosters everywhere have been paying paying money to recruits families. Yeah, um, you know, to to help pay the rent or whatever in in whatever way they do it, and um, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you about the wild wild west. It's really going to be the years to come. It's going to be. Um, I think it's going to kind of be a mess. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. I think that's uh fair i mean it's, it's not gonna but a mess like that they should be allowed these kids right yeah yeah, yeah. we're uh, we're very funny. pro name image and like this stuff on the, on yeah, the podcast but it's the it's the NCAA's fault for not putting any 
any regulations or anything in place or any rules. There's these schools have no guidance of what should be allowed, what shouldn't be allowed. Like I'm, I'm as I'm as we're recording, I just saw on, on Twitter, uh, Florida just put out like kind of its plan. The University of Florida put out its plan for like what how they're yeah. gonna give guidance for name, image, and likeness. And like they're saying athletes can't do deals with gambling vendors or performance enhancing drug vendors. And they have four days to disclose any NIL deals. Um, like those should just be NCAA. Like the, the schools shouldn't have to be making these individual rules where everyone can have a different, different guidelines. Like the NCAA could easily like put out a list of 50 guidelines or whatever that you can and can't enforce or, do that. or whatever. They have to do that. But, yeah. But the thing is, David, here's the thing. The states, the state law supersedes everything else. Right. Well, I, I mean, but there's, that's the, that's my point is that they want the state law to be everything, right. Or the national law to be everything. That's just not how college sports work. We, there, we do a lot. Of, there's a lot of things in college sports that are illegal, according to NCAA, that are totally legal, um, like as a law, right. Like we didn't, we didn't arrest Reggie Bush because he was uh, getting paid. Right. We, right. We took away his Heisman. I see what you're saying, but then what happens if there, I mean, if there's a state law that says you could do this, this, and this, I guess then the NCAA can say, that's fine. It's a state law. But if there's a state law that says athletes can do this and this, that's why it's, this is going to be in the courts. Yeah, right. There's when the NCAA goes, and says, well, the state says that, but this is our, that's the whole mess we're in. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be, how it's going to, uh, I think, uh, even if the NCA makes its rule, <clears throat> whatever rules it has, um, I, I, it's going to be challenged again. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits and they basically opened the door. I mean, even uh, Justice Kavanaugh basically was like, hey, go, Bring more lawsuits. Like we enjoy pillorying these guys, um, so it's going to be. Oh yeah, it's yeah gonna be he was. Up. He said, I, his his quote that said, "Nowhere else in America," in, in his uh, opinion, "Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate." Um, so. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a fun week watching the NCAA kind of crumble uh, beneath itself, but um, like it's, it's, it's a, uh, it creates a, a void and a mess and uh, the next couple of years are going to be chaotic and eventually probably they'll put more rules and regulations in place that will gu- guide the sport a little bit more. But for now they just like have totally abdicated responsibility for the last couple of years. And, and, and- David, David, what are we going to say? I just, you, you gave an example, but we, okay. So we said, we're, I'm just guessing we're going to maybe seeing thrones like you and Derek King, maybe thrones, a king crowns or whatever. I don't know how the hell, or maybe just Derek King talking, being an influencer. And yeah, saying, well, and just people being spokesmen for certain things, right? Like, yeah, um, yes. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example down here in Miami. Uh, I, I can't think of one. Like, when Tyler Hero had his Chipotle bowl, right? Remember that? A uh, couple of months back, like, yeah. you could go yeah. to Chipotle and get the Tyler Hero order in, in Miami. 
Like maybe we'll do that for Dear King. Maybe you can get the Dear yeah. King bowl at, at Chipotle, whatever his order or, is. Or how about Joe's Stone Crab? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe uh, Luke Headley will be a sponsor for a tattoo parlor or something. A spokesperson. Oh, exactly. For exactly. That's that's right. Or just uh, like you know, all like the local little restaurants, kind of uh, around. Like I, like I was joking with like Titanic, but like you know, you can see some baseball player being a in the an ad for Titanic or whatever, right? Like. Yeah. And, 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 and then they can add in, you know, when, when, well, Lou Headley is a spokesman for a, (laughs) for a tattoo parlor or a tattoo national tattoo company. Maybe he's signs autographs, you know, on a certain day or he, yeah, exactly. Everybody like like Canes where they, they bring former players in all the time, right. To like do little signings. Exactly. You could do it with the the current guys too and stuff like that. And women and women, um, yeah. Listen, women can represent whatever. I'm not. I whatever. They yeah, can. Stella Perez from Ariba could have had some tennis sponsorships already, or whatever. Yes, and or they could be modeling. Men can be modeling too. I mean, it's yeah. just. Or I mean, even obviously, the, the example I always think of is Chad Thomas, right? Who was making music um, ah, when he was yeah. on on campus and, and couldn't profit off of it until he he graduated. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I I just think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, they, July first, we're going to see. All of a sudden, we're going to be inundated on social media. It's going to be crazy, right? That like a million retweets. All of a sudden, we're going to see all these athletes um, doing whatever they're doing. That and everything's going to be a story. Every little one, every little ad or whatever. So, yeah, and Dear King is like. Miami hasn't had a, a personality like that on the football team in forever either. Like an individual uh, personality might not be the right word, but like the, you know, he's a huge, huge star. He's the biggest star Miami football has had in a long time. So he's going to be the most interesting test case where he's like the perfect test case for what this, the ceiling of this can be, right? Like is Miami, it's, you know, not, not very often you have a top five quarterback in the country around. And those are the guys who he could, he could, you know, he's one of the most famous athletes in Miami. Are, are I don't know. I like I like your Lou Headley example. Yeah, Lou Headley for uh, no, I'm I, serious. I'm what, serious. The, wasn't there the uh, tattoo reality show, like Miami Inc. or something, or South? Uh, there was a show. I, I, I'm not into tattoos, so I, I don't know. I'm not. It's into against our religion. religion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. I think that about wraps things up on the NIL side of things. The other thing I think that, it's it's gonna be ongoing. Yeah, right. well, yeah, we're gonna be talking about this. Hey, listen, yeah, every every, every podcast we're gonna say that you know we'll say actually we'll so I realize you know we always record on Thursdays. Um and July first will be July first, will be Thursday. So oh, my uh, Lord. Uh, we were playing, I was thinking that would be the Paradise Camp wrap up a month of recruiting episode, but uh it could also be the let's rank our, our 10 favorite uh, Miami uh, athlete sponsorships of the first day. Of oh, the I like period. it. I like it. Okay. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like then. Yeah. Uh, you got any thoughts on the playoff? It's the not a whole lot of news on that front this week. We're just continuing to move towards it. Uh, there was like uh, the NCAA, I guess, was thinking we wasn't going to come in until 2026. Um, but that seems crazy. It's going to happen before that, right? The expansion of the playoff. Um, 
Probably. I think, I think um, the, the college football playoff, the uh, board or, you know, the people that run that, um, I think this past Tuesday, they approved the study, uh, approved the study of moving the, the playoff field to 12 teams. Yeah. Um, and, and then it said, you know, there's, it's an unknown future date. You're right. Uh, I think they're, they're going to eventually uh, approve it, but I think they want uh, now the schools, um, the, the conferences and stuff to uh, branch out and reach their constituency or the, the, you know, the individual schools, the people there, the athletes, whatever, um, and, and talk about it a little bit, you know, get their take on what everybody thinks, yeah. but I think it's, I think it's going to happen. Um, and I think they're going to meet in September possibly to, uh, you know, it's gonna. I think it'll happen pretty fast, but it, you're right. It might not be implemented, implemented, excuse me. For yeah, I, I guess that's because they have everything scheduled out through 2026, but it could, I guess, happen as early as 2023. It feels like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Once they, it has to do. Well, with you just got to talk with ESPN and stuff, right? Because they've got contracts with ESPN. I think that goes. Yes, they're contracts now. Exactly, they're contracts. Um, it, the, I'm looking at a CBS story by Dennis Dodd. It says the current contract between the the college football playoff and ESPN um, averages 600 million annually. The current one mm-hmm. over years. That's through 2025, David. So the current contract between CF and ESPN, 600 million a year over 12 years through 2025. So it would be kind of messy in a way if you did it before that, but I guess they could. But now this story says that media rights sources have valued a 12 team playoff at approximately 1 billion per year, 1 billion, you know, money. So if you can sell ESPN on that, that they're making more money on a 12 team playoff, which seems like duh, no brainer. And um, yeah, maybe they'll rehire all those people they fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think I think it's, I, I it's just gonna happen. It is definitely like the summer of developing stories in, in college football, right? Like these are two stories we've known basically, kind of felt inevitable at some point, and now they're all happening. And um, it, these are these are two topics we're gonna be monitoring. Uh, for you literally for years to come so uh let's take a quick break though and then uh we'll finish up with a little bit of recruiting all right uh we are back uh it is paradise camp weekend um seems like it's going to be a lot of underclassmen this year uh we, we talked about this off the air that um because of the dead period ending right at the start of june everyone's trying to take official visits this month which means this is the last official visit weekend which means um, you know, a lot of guys are kind of t- taking their last trips before they commit in July, uh, which means a lot of those upperclassmen top targets for Miami are not going to be there. Although uh, 24-7 Sports reported today that Shamar Stewart, five-star defensive end from Monsignor Pace and, and Miami's probably number one target in this class, will be a paradise camp. So that'll be uh, definitely the main attraction um, and all oh, yeah. defensive linemen. Um Wow. And, and gosh, can you imagine if he commits to Miami? Yeah. Boom. Bowling ball. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, usually you go to paradise camp and you expect maybe one or two commitments. I mean, there could always be an underclassman commitment or two. 
Um, and there could always be, you know, sometimes kid will come to paradise camp looking for an offer, right. He doesn't have an offer yet. And will like blow Miami coaches away and then commit on the spot like that, that we, maybe we'll see some of that. I'd be surprised if Shamar Stewart committed at paradise camp, but uh, obviously crazier things have happened. Um, and I still think that July window, I mean, I'm, I've already seen like three or four to five kids who say they're committing in that first basically week, two weeks of July. So that's going to be the time when Miami's recruiting class can really like, you know, we, we could be a double digit commitments by the end of the month for Miami. Um, you're going to miss out on paradise camp. Are you bummed? Um, well, I'm having such a nice time on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I but par listen paradise camp is really fun it's really hopping it's very lively um it's fun because they're the the players that go there are you know they're not just we're not we're talking about the young youngsters you know ninth grade 10th grade 11th grade 12th grade all four grades and they're so excited and they're so mesmerized by the by the past legends that show up, the UM legends that show up. It's just really, it's fantastic. Um, I, you know, I've been to several of them and there's, you know, Ed Reed, Jeremy Shockey. I'm not saying they're coming this, this year, but these are some of the names that have been there. Um, Ed Reed, Jeremy Shockey, Michael mm -hmm. Irvin, who just said today is coming again. Devin Hester, John Beeson, John Vilma, Vince Wilfork, Calais Campbell, DJ Williams, Willis McGahee, Brett Romberg, Antrell Roll, Brian McKinney, Kenny Phillips, and more. I mean, it's just really fun. And those guys have such a good time on the field. They help do drills. They talk. They always have some really inspirational. Ray Lewis has been there. Yeah. Um, and they're really, they really uh, ham it up. I mean, they really are very dramatic and they give these great, uh, great, great inspirational talks and, you know, about how much they love the U and what it meant to them. And it's, it's at night and it's dark. It's lit up kind of at the end when they're giving their talks and all the kids are uh, in like in circle, the speaker, you yeah. know, and, um, and, and, and the, the, the past legends are really into it too. There's just a lot of electricity, a lot of uh, energy, and so, yes, I will miss that. It's really fun to see, the, again, the kids are so impressionable. And, and then the, the current players guarantee you, again, we keep talking to Eric King, um, you know, he'll, he'll be there, I bet you, uh, you know, uh, helping whatever way. The current players help. It's a really feel-good experience. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I, I missed it last year, right? Obviously, we didn't have it because of uh, COVID. Yeah. So uh, it's been a long time. Um, and it's uh, it's just a great cap to a – June is always fun in terms of, like, the recruiting and stuff. So it's just a great cap to it and brings us into July, which on paper is a quieter uh, – really, the real, real offseason for college football until uh, media days get started. Uh, Miami also got a couple commitments over the weekend. Um doubling their recruiting class size. They've been stuck on two kids for a while. Uh, on Saturday, they get a big, big commitment from Kamari Rogers, a uh, four-star cornerback from Mississippi, um, Under Armour All-American, uh, a guy who has a, you know, a he is, I believe, my 
Miami's highest ranked cornerback commit since 2012, uh, Tracy Howard. So um, obviously cornerback is. Tracy Howard was a five-star. Yes. Is is, is this young man of a five-star in any, any. I don't think he is five-star in any, but he is like, he's number, I want to say like 61, 62 in the 24 seven composite rankings, uh, which is, you know, the, the highest they've had since, since Tracy Howard. Um, so that's a big, I mean, obviously cornerback is always a big position of need. We know that cornerback recruiting has been uh, a little bit of a struggle for Miami here. Um, so a really nice, uh, nice, really nice win for DeMarcus Van Dyke, who uh, Miami was really excited about his potential as a recruiter. Um, I know he's a, he's was a big part of, of landing Rogers. I think, um, you know, T-Rob, I talked to Kamari last week and, and he said T-Rob basically like, got Miami on his mind, right? T-Rob has that reputation, kind of made him start really paying attention. And then, and then he, but then DVD was really the one he like kind of connected with. And um, I, I think that it's a huge, huge first, first big recruiting win for uh, DVD. Yeah, DVDs. I'm, I'm a big DVD fan. So uh, uh, whatever he does, he's, he's doing it right. And yeah, they, they, we all, you know, they, they need, they've got great safeties. Um, they need some great corners. Um, Al Blades, Al Blades was a four-star commit, right? But he yeah. wasn't. He, he wasn't, wasn't quite that high. I think he was top 100, but he was, he just was not quite as high as Kamari, who, um, right. who uh, I also heard is a great baseball player, his dad told me. And apparently an excellent center fielder, but not going to play baseball at Miami. Um, but he's got, you know, he's, he's a little small, like skinny Kamari. I think that was part of what DVD like talked about because, you know, DVD is skinny, little fast corner and they kind of think they're, they're, they're they're similar kind of look alike. So, uh, right. And I think you, as your story said something like Kamari said something like, well, he, he, he knows he's skinny, but you know, he's, he's good. He knows he'll, he'll fill out like everybody else eventually does. So yeah, I think that's awesome. And then you know the other player that committed, um, receiver, right? Yeah, Landon Ibieta. Ibieta, I yep. yeah, yeah. Who who also is kind of like what you just said about Paradise Camp. He wasn't he was in Colorado. I'm not looking at that in front of me. He was. He's from Louisiana, he, um, like a suburb Louisiana. of New Orleans. Louisiana. Um, he was at a camp. Yeah, right? and he came down. You know, this last year, um, I wrote a story it'll be up by the time everyone's listening to this, uh, talking to him and his high school coach. Um, you know, it was obviously COVID made it so no one could really recruit in person last year. Right. So some of these kids flew under the radar. That was kind of the big thing, Manny talked about a lot. Exactly. There were going to be 22 exactly. kids who popped up late who, you know, and, and the high school he plays for is they were good. I think they went like eight and two, but it's like kind of a nice rich little suburb of new Orleans. that doesn't have a reputation necessarily for like cranking out D one talent. So you know, no one really saw him that much. And then he came down, he was at a, a seven on seven tournament, actually in Fort Lauderdale. Obviously Miami coaches weren't there, but like he was apparently awesome at that tournament. I wasn't there for it. Um, made 24 sevens all tournament team. Um, and just like the videos on like Twitter and stuff were like really going around and he kept making all these tough contested catches um, and I think the day after that tournament ended, Virginia offered, that was his biggest offer at the time. And then the next day mm-hmm. Miami offered, um, and, and 
Rob Likens is basically like, hey, you those contested catches, that's exactly what we were missing last year. Um, we want to offer you. They brought him down. They got him in. Um, so he's um, you know, he he's only a three-star. He is, like I said, does not have a lot of big offers. I think Miami, Virginia, and Wake Forest are his only power five offers. But um he's like exactly the guy that Miami, like when Miami's talking about those under the radar gems, the the guys who might slip through the crack, who might have slipped through the cracks over the last 12 months, like he falls right into that. Apparently he was really good in LSU camp also. You know, LSU was potentially going to offer at some point. So oh, maybe that was the camp. I, I Yeah, it might have been. People were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is, who's that guy? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he had a good year for, for Mandeville, which is the high school he plays for in Louisiana too. He had a uh, – um like 700 plus yards in 10 games, 14 touchdowns. Like, you know, it's not like he's a guy who wasn't producing, but again, like if the recruiting is, he, he said, it's, it's always about who, you know, but this year, especially it was about who, you know. And um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you, obviously there's everyone who gets recruited is pretty good in high school, but uh, by all accounts, he's um, he's better than his, his rating, his ranking suggests. And, and he's a guy who, who could, um keep keep climbing on, on these uh I don't know if he's a four-star guy at any point you know 511 um not like an athletic physical freak although he is he's apparently very fast for 440 they say you know you never know he's six feet he's tall right he's yeah, 511 six foot so it's yeah. he's not like a physical freak but he's uh I mean he's productive and I, I think Miami's pretty excited about him all right uh I think we can wrap things up there um Susan, thanks, uh, as always, for joining us from vacation. Um, I assume you don't have anything uh, hiding away that's going to post while you're gone, right? Which is your time off, right? Not for, this is, this is, the summer for me is a nice time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be back, I'll be back for the, I'm already, I'm already registered, signed up, got my plane ticket for the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference um, media football kickoff, I guess they call it. Yep. So, um, and that's when it really starts in, in July, that's a July 21st and 22nd. So I'll be there. And after that, it's uh, full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I'm actually also off next month. So I'll, I'll next week I'll have all paradise camp stuff coming through the weekend and probably just leftover stuff trickling out in the early part of next week. But um and we'll, we'll record next week because I'm, I'm going to be interested. We got to recap Paradise Camp, and I'm interested. I'm going to be interested to see what that July first uh, looks like for us. So uh, we'll be back next week. Um, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, everybody.